Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Bella and the Phoenix. I know it's been a few months <laughs> since I last recorded, but I decided to break the silence and there's so much that I need to cover that I decided to make it into an episode. So as of today, July, what's, what's today's say? I don't even know. <laughs> July 19th, I think. Yeah. July 19th. Um, I am living in Mexico, particularly in Merida, which is in the Yucatan. And Merida is like the capital of Yucatan. And I got here a week ago. On the 10th so it has been nine days which I can't believe it and let me tell you that to get here was very difficult <laughs> so when I finally did make it here I was at peace like I felt like I went through battle because I faced so many obstacles. But before I get into that, I will um, let you know about why I decided to move to Mexico. And I actually did a blog post about this on my website, so you can feel free to check it out, bellaandthephoenix.com. And I titled it, Why Why I'm Moving to Mexico or something like that. It's been a while. <laughs> but all that to say, I felt like I got to a place where, like a lot of Americans, we cannot afford to live with this inflation jump that we've had, the gas prices. It has been insane, right, for everybody. And we're still doing, you know, we're still struggling with the pandemic. And and now that's a whole other thing, too, that spikes are happening now with COVID. But anyways... All that to say, I just got to a place where I was like beside myself because I couldn't afford my regular lifestyle with my current pay, which was not going up or anything like that. It was, it would have been nice if my job would have given me a raise, right? To accommodate for this inflation jump, but they're not going to do that. So, <laughs> so I took matter into my own hands and I decided to... Actually, I started praying. That's how it started. I started praying, asking for help because I got to a place where I had no idea how I was going to move into a new place. The one place I had my eye on was like eight minutes away and it was a little bit too expensive. It was one of those really nice apartments, you know, like luxurious um, because that is the kind of life I used to live, like especially when I lived in Dallas. Um, but I started to realize like, why would I pay so much more money and I'm already starting to struggle, you know, in my current apartment. And so I decided to pray about it. And literally three days later, I got a sign from TikTok out of all places because I watched this girl's TikTok video and she was talking about how she moved from Miami to Merida 
and she saved about half of her expenses by moving to Mexico. And I started perking up because I realized, wait a minute, I've been wanting to move to Miami for the longest. (laughs) And so I decided to look into Merida because I never heard of Merida. I was like, okay, what is this place? You know, let me start looking it up. And I found these guys who used to live in LA and they moved to Merida as well back in 2020. And so they're really cool guys. You guys should check them out. It's called Cafe Con Leche Travels. They're a really cute couple. And, uh, and so they really give you tips and guidance on what to do if you're going to make the move or even if you're just going to move abroad this is what you need to take care of right before you leave the states blah 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 so I started watching their channel and one of their videos showed tours of them going through different malls in Merida and like sharing different tips about if you'd like to go to this kind of you know shopping center this is where you should go blah 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 in the different neighborhoods and one of them was literally a mall that had a man-made lake, of course, you know, but it had a lake, and it was an outside shopping center. And funny enough, I actually had a dream months ago before I saw this sign, right, from these guys. And in this dream I had, I was literally walking through the streets of Mexico, and I saw square colonial buildings and I was just walking around whatever and then at night I happened to get to this mall that was an outside shopping center and it had a lake (laughs) like really close to it right there on the spot and in my dream I don't think I even shared this on my blog I don't know if I did but I saw a blockbuster there (laughs) and I freaked out because immediately Immediately, I just knew this is like a miracle. How is it that Mexico has a blockbuster? You know, they're nowhere to be found anymore, right? Like at all. I think the last one they had was in Oregon. They made it into an Airbnb. Anyways, but (laughs) needless to say, I was floored to see a blockbuster in Mexico. And I, I was trying to get my camera and trying to like take pictures. And then... It was so beautiful at night there, because in this dream, in, in this part of the dream, in this part of my dream, it was at night, and I I noticed the sky was really beautiful. You could still see the stars at night, so it wasn't like completely pitch dark. But I laid down on the grass, and I started looking at the stars, and I saw three shooting stars, and then I made my wish. And I'm not gonna say what I wished for because you know, you know, you know how the goes. <laughs> um, but I made my wishes cause it was three of them. So I just said my wish, you know, each time I saw the shooting star and then I don't know why, but I was thinking I need to get up because I don't want to get bugs in my hair. I don't know. Funny things girls think about even in dreams. So I got up and I got in the water and I don't know if it's cause it's hot. I don't know, whatever. I was in the water, right? And I was just chilling, like just floating in the water, just relaxing. And all of a sudden, I couldn't see anything. It was like I was blind or I couldn't just see anything at all. It was like I was feeling 
the water, but I didn't have any eyesight. And then I realized I was like blindfolded or something. And so I made my way out of the lake and I was about to like try to make it into the pavement onto the, you know, the shopping center. And I had to take a leap, you know, because I just, I guess I just saw that it was like a leap or something that I had to take. There was like a gap. And so I jumped from the rock onto the pavement without being able to see anything. (laughs) And I leaped. And as soon as I did, I took off my blindfold and I said, I made it, you know. And I'm going to explain why that's significant, because later on in this podcast, you will learn why. But um, every single dream that I've had, not every single dream, but for the most part, when I have these prophetic dreams, they usually come true. And so, and of course, it doesn't make sense when you first dream it, whatever, and you're still trying to figure it out. But I'm telling you, (laughs) the day (laughs) that I finally got to Merida, that dream stuck out to me even more because it made it clear. But anyways, um, before I get there, so my friends, um, really helped me to really be able to make this flight, you know, um, if it wasn't for my family or my friends, I don't know where I would be because it was really tough. I will say that. So I'm going to get into my trip on July 8th, which was a Friday, on the next segment, so that way you guys can kind of see the difference, um, the different things so that the podcast flows more easily, I guess. (laughs) All right, see you in the next segment. Okay, so first thing I had to do was get my dog ready with me because he was going to travel with me, my dog Monroe, he's a shih tzu, I don't know if some of you know who he is. But we were getting ready to fly out to Merida on July 8th, right? My flight was not leaving till 9.39 in the morning, so I was fine with that. And I get to the airport and, uh, oh, but wait a minute. Before that, it was interesting because the girl who picked me up at my friend's house, (laughs) Um, to go to the airport, the Uber driver, she was driving my exact same car that I used to have, the Renegade, but it was a different color. It was blue, but I just thought it was so interesting. Anyway, so that was like a nice send off for me. So I thought, oh, this is a good sign, you know, that I got sent off from Austin in my Renegade. (laughs) Anyway, so I get to the airport and I have way too much luggage. I mean... Even to consolidate everything that I was going to bring to Mexico, it was a lot. And I just decided I need to start cutting back even more, you know. But anyways, we make it to the airport and Monroe's already getting anxious and I haven't given him his little calm down pill yet because I wanted to wait till it's closer to the flight and, um, but he's still a little bit anxious in his little kennel. And then I get to the check-in, whatever point for United Airlines. And the lady that's there immediately starts making comments to her coworker and pointing at my dog saying, that's not right. And I'm thinking, what is she talking about? Rude. 
<laughs> and so I finally walk up to her and she asked me, D- do you even have a pass for your dog? And I said, yes, I do. I had to re- recently get it. I got it late after my ticket, but I got it, you know. And mind you, I had already talked with reps over the phone with what to do to travel with my dog and everything. I even got him his vaccination shots that week, like on the 5th. And so I'm thinking everything's straight, right? And I guess this lady just had it out for me. I could just tell. You can just tell when people have it out for you. This lady was one of them. And after she already looked at my vaccination proof, because I showed it to her for my dog, um, she started helping me with checking in my bags and everything. And for some odd reason, she looked at the vaccination records again. And that's when she pointed it out and she said, oh, look, he just got vaccinated on the 5th. He has to wait 30 days before he can internationally fly out out of the country. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, it's on the website. (laughs) And I am immediately disheartened and upset. And I started crying because I was just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? I can't leave my baby. (laughs) you know and she was just like yeah sorry and I told her I've talked to at least two or three of your reps on the phone nobody mentioned this at all and she's like yeah those are the rules like just very matter of fact like she's just a rude person and I was just like I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do you know and so I called my friends and I told them hey is there any way Um, you could help me because I don't know what to do. And my friend Monica really came through and like gave me an idea. Like she was like, what if your sister comes to get your dog and we can hold him for now. And then she comes to get him and then he stays with her in Dallas, you know? And I was like, oh my God, this, this is not the plan. And like, I was thinking I was gonna have to cancel my whole flight, you know? Um, so I decided to call my sister and I'm in tears at this point. And I woke her up (laughs) and I was like, I'm sorry to wake you up, but this is a situation. Can you please help me come get Monroe? Um, You know, I, I just, I just don't know what to do. He can't fly with me. And she was like, oh, wow. And it's interesting because my mom was actually flying out to Spain the same day that I was flying out to Merida, which is so odd, but (laughs) But she was, you know, she was going on a two-week thing for her job or whatever, um, slash vacation to Salamanca, Spain. So anyways, um, so yeah, my mom flew out later on that day, was going to fly out later on that day. My sister was like a little bit like freaked out, like, oh, I don't know, this, this, this is crazy. But she was like, don't worry, this is how it's supposed to be. Everything's going to work out. You were very attached to this dog, and I think this is the universe's way of helping you to, like, start detaching and letting go a little bit, you know? But she said, I'll bring him back to you after those 30 days, you know, back to Mexico. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So my good friend Mario came to the airport to pick up my dog, and I had to drop off my dog in his car. And he was, he was beside himself. He couldn't believe it either. He was like, what? They wouldn't let him travel with you? I was like, yeah, like it, 
it's so stupid to me, you know, but those are the rules, but I just, I just feel blindsided because honestly, nobody told me this stupid rule, and if I had known, I would have done it a month ahead of time, but I didn't know, and even when I went to their website, uh, you know, recently, actually this week, I was like, let me look up at their website because it's not very obvious on their website. You have to dig through like the FAQ section to even find it. It took me like maybe four or five clicks to finally find the section that talked about that. So it's very hidden. <laughs> and who would know that, right? I mean, I would have hoped that the people that I talked to on the phone would have told me that information all they said is have his vaccination records that's all they said they never said it has to be a certain amount of time or whatever and they knew that I was flying to Mexico so they're bad you know anyways so that was obstacle number one and I finally get on the plane and I have the nicest man talking to me from Austin to Houston because I have to go to Houston as my layover and he was so nice, like he was just like sharing stories with me about his family. And it was just like a nice conversation, like the whole flight, you know, and the, it wasn't that long of a flight. But anyways, but right before I boarded the plane, um, my backpack was too heavy. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying, like, I just packed way too much, like way too much, way too many things that I learned my lesson when I went through this, through this whole ordeal and it started with overpacking. And so it was too heavy. It wouldn't even fit in the compartment because people's stuff was already there. And I boarded the, the plane kind of late, like one of the last people to board on it. So they told me, you're going to have to check in your bag. And I was like, great. So I made the mistake though, to leave my passport in the backpack and they checked it in. So I wasn't going to see that backpack until I landed in Mexico. But I didn't know. I don't know. It wasn't, I wasn't clear because when it happened, I wasn't thinking. But then when I sat down and I talked to that guy, I told him, wait a minute. I left my passport in that backpack. Am I going to be okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, you should be fine. You'll get your bag before you go through customs or whatever. And I was like, okay. So I finally get to Houston you know, thinking everything's going to be fine. And my flight was actually delayed in Houston by like an hour. So I sat there for an hour. And if I had told them as soon as I landed from Austin, which I should have done, then they would have had time to pull out the bag and give me my passport, right? But I didn't know. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'll go, I'll get my bag and then go to customs, right? Wrong. So 20 minutes before they're about to board the plane to Merida, the announcer lady mentions to have your passport in hand ready. And I freaked out. I was like, what? What do you mean? I don't have it. <laughs> and so I told the counter, you know, agents there, whatever was what was happening. And they were like, sorry, you're going to have to book it on the next flight tomorrow because we only fly once a day to Merida. And I was like, what? That's another thing too. It's like, they don't have like flights that you can catch later, which would have been nice, right? Like I've, I've done that before where you can catch the next flight. Oh no. 
you're just gonna have to stay there <laughs> so this happened right I found out I can't leave till the next day and I start crying again because I'm just so emotional like this has been such an emotional move because I moved out of my apartment right and then trying to prepare for this trip and I just got my eggs frozen the week before so it's a lot it's a lot I don't even know how I went went through that whole thing but I did <laughs> And so I'm like in tears because I told them I couldn't fly with my dog and now I can't fly because I don't have my passport. You guys checked it in last minute before I got on the plane. And it was just, you know, I just have to wait. So I stayed in a hotel by the airport. I was originally going to go stay with one of my friends because she lives in Houston, but I decided I'm really tired. Like, I was supposed to already be in Merida, and I got delayed, you know? So I just told my friend, I'm sorry, like, maybe another time, whatever. And so I decided to get this, you know, hotel nearby the airport. That way I can just leave fresh, first thing in the morning, right? Ready to go. And so... Then I started realizing I'm kind of glad my dog is not here, though, because that would be a lot for him <laughs> to have to be delayed with me and be in a hotel. Like, that would have been way too confusing for him. So I already started to see the blessing with that. And so Saturday morning, right, I'm trying to get back back into it, go back to the airport, got my bags ready, got my passport in hand. I'm not going to let this get out of my hands right because now I know <laughs> and so I get to the airport I get there early enough to where I have time to eat you know get coffee take a selfie <laughs> just wait relax I, I have a you know I have a good feeling like this is going to be the day I'm going to finally get to Merida and so I get on the plane our, our plane left a little early like around noon to go to Merida and so it was just beautiful like even like my window seat I could see like the coast when you when you fly over it it was just so nice like I put it on my TikTok I don't know if you guys saw it but anyways it was just beautiful and I was just excited like yay I made it you know uh, <laughs> and I'm laughing because this is not anywhere close to where I was gonna end up making it because as soon as I get out of the flight I have my passport right I have everything ready to go I get to this one you know immigration person because you go through immigration first and then you go through customs and so it, and it's funny because even my gut kept telling me don't go to that guy and I was like what like my soul kept saying, don't go to that guy. Like, I just had a bad feeling. Like, my soul already knew what was going to happen. And I was like, and then he ended up calling my name. And I was like, oh, like, you know, like, next, okay. Like, calling my turn. And then I finally went to him, some short guy. And <laughs> and I say that because I feel like sometimes short people are on a power trip. And this is what he was on, basically. So... He asked me, how many days are you staying? And I told him, 180 days is my tourist visa. You know, that's how long we're allowed to stay. And 
I told them I'm staying at an Airbnb and I rented a, you know, a condo and for six months and then I'll be back. And then he asked me, okay, where's your return flight? And I looked at him confused because I was like, what is he talking about? Return flight? Six months out? <laughs> like that made no sense to me. And he's like, yeah, you need proof to show that you are leaving the country. So where's your return flight? You don't have a return flight? And my heart and stomach dropped. And I was like, no. I mean, I have my Airbnb where it shows that I'm going to stay there for a month. And then I can show you, you know, my lease that I'm going to be there for six months. But I don't, I didn't book a flight because that's all the way till January. And he was like, yeah, well, you have to show proof. And I told him, well, I'm going to apply to be a temporary resident visa. And I'm going to take care of that in the fall. So I could stay longer than the six months. And he was like, no, that's not good enough. And I was like, what? Like, I'm so confused, you know? And so he takes me to some back office and I'm like thinking, okay, maybe he's going to like work something out and then I'll be fine. Right? So he tells me, okay, senorita, (laughs) this is what we're going to do. You have to go back on the plane. You came in back to Houston. And I was like, what? (laughs) I started crying again. And I was like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I was like, I can't handle any more of this. You know, I was at my breaking point at this point. He was like, it'd be one thing if you were visiting and you had a return flight, but you don't even have a return flight. And I was like, yeah, because it's six months out. Like who, I guess to him, the logic is just, that's just how they do things. And who books a flight out six months ahead of time? I mean, I'm just saying that's not normal, (laughs) especially when you're visiting. Cause I don't know when exactly I'm going to be back. So why would I book a flight six months out? Exactly. You know, so I was just like beside myself and I had to cry because I've been through so much these past few weeks I don't care if people judge me if I cry in front of them I don't care like I'm trying to release the stress that I'm going through in my body and that's just how I'm gonna do it you know I don't care I'm not I don't have any shame if I'm upset you're gonna see me upset (laughs) and I have every right to be at this point because I'm like oh my gosh Three times I've tried to come out here and something is holding me back. I literally felt like the devil's clutches or something were holding me, keeping me from getting to Mexico. It was ridiculous. I was like, this is insane. I've never gone through anything like this before. And I just didn't see how I was going to make it to Merida at this point. (sighs) So... Let me tell you the next segment, what happened, where I finally did make it. (laughs) And then we'll wrap this up because it's already getting really long. Sorry about that, guys. But I hope it's been suspenseful. Um, I hope it's been suspenseful so far. Sorry, I can't talk. All right, let's get to it. All right, so... I find I get back on the plane, right? The same plane that I just got off of an hour before. (laughs) 
I'm one of the last people to board yet again. I already checked in all my bags because I didn't have to carry my backpack or anything. They held everything for me or, or no, that time I actually got to, I lightened the load of the backpack when I was in the hotel. So I was able to actually fit it into the overhead compartment. Anyway, so I sit down and the lady next to me says, you made it. Cause she's probably thinking I almost missed my flight. And I just told her, not even close. And she probably didn't even know what the hell I was talking about. But I was just really upset. Like, I I just, I was just, like, beside myself. And as soon as the plane started taking off, I just started crying again in my seat. <laughs> and this time I was, like, sobbing, like, it just, it was just going to happen and I had to let it, let myself feel what I was feeling because it's a lot for anybody to go through. And the lady next to me was like, are you okay? And I shook my head and I was like, no. <laughs> um, and then I stopped crying after I was able to at least cry for a few minutes. Um, and I just felt defeated because I just, I felt really embarrassed too because I was like, this is embarrassing. How is it that I try to go to a different country to visit just for six months and then they turn me around? And it would be nice if they would have just let me book my flight right then and there, but they wouldn't do it. They were like, no, you have to have that booked return flight on you when you come through the interview for the immigration. And I was like, wow, okay. So I get to Houston. I call my parents. My mom is like telling me, I think you should just, you know, forget about it for now. Book your flight to Dallas and we'll figure something out, you know, just come home. Like, like this is a sign, like it's not supposed to happen. But something kept telling me, no, it is supposed to happen because how is it that I've gone this far and so close to where I was actually there and then I got turned around? I'm almost there and it makes no sense for me to just give up when I literally have an Airbnb paid for for the whole month of July, <laughs> you know, and I'm supposed to move into my condo in August. So the, the, the chances of being able to make it through this were very slim, but in my heart, I just knew I don't know, something's going to happen. You're going to be able to get on this flight and go back to Merida and just go. And so thankfully my friends helped me because I was just at my wit's end. And if it wasn't, honestly, if it wasn't for the whole fertility thing, I would have had more money for these kinds of emergencies. But, you know, with my procedure the money that I got from my employer only paid for so much and they didn't pay for the medicine, which I think is ridiculous because the medicine alone was like $3,000, $3,200, you know? And so I used all my commission money and all my savings that I had for this medicine so that I could get this procedure done. Um, and if I had at least $2,000 saved, then this would have been 
not as big of an ordeal and a problem, right? Because I had to ask my friends and my family, like, help me and I'll pay you back. You know, we'll figure it out. Um, but thankfully, my friends came through, my mom came through, and I was able to book my flight and my return flight. And that's the thing. It's like, I really wish I could just book the flight back to Merida and not have to worry about a return flight. But I had to also not only book another flight to Merida, but I had to book another return flight back to the States in January. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, and that was ridiculously expensive, which I don't get it because if you're booking so far out, it shouldn't be so much more money. Like, even my original flight from Austin to Merida was only like $190, $190 like less than $200, right? And then this flight in January, it's like $677 or some craziness like that. Anyways, most likely that will end up being a credit when I do go back to the States to get my temporary residency. That's a whole nother thing. Anyway, um, but it's going to work out either way, hopefully. <laughs> And so after that happened and my parents were trying to convince me to stay, I just knew, like, I can't stay here in the States. Like, I even tried to tell my parents, you guys don't get it. I can't afford to live here in the States anymore. Even if I'm staying with my parents, the cost of living here is ridiculously expensive. I can't afford to live here. That's why I'm moving. <laughs> You know, like I literally, every fiber of my being was telling me I have to leave this country. I have to, especially with the whole abortion ban ridiculousness that has been going on. Now my rights have been stripped from me in Texas, especially. And and I'll just say one thing about it and I'll move on. But it's just really scary because I want to have a baby soon and like, if anything were to happen, God forbid, and I have to get an abortion or, you know, something's wrong with the pregnancy where it could be like an ectopic pregnancy or, you know, you just never know these things and it could kill me if I have the baby, um, then I can't do that. I don't have a choice. You see what I'm saying? And so it's a scary thing. And now they're trying to come after our birth control rights. I'm just like, I got to get out of this country. It's suffocating me. And, um, and you know, the whole fertility thing was a really special time for me. Very exciting. But the week that I was going to get my procedure done, that's when they did that ban. Um, and I know I speak for a lot of women who feel the same. It's like we are being stripped of our human rights to have health care. If anything were to happen that could affect us for our health overall, if it could even save our lives, then we're forced, you know, to carry on and have this potential, you know, situation that could kill you. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I just feel like it's handmaiden's tale type of vibes. Like we have no rights. 
and it's an attack on women. That's what it is. I feel like the patriarchy is dying and this is their last gasps of breath of trying to gain control and they're attacking the women. And so it's a very deep thing and it's bigger than what people are making it out to be politically. It's it's basically also I feel like a clap back, um, you know, like a kind of like revenge for the Me Too movement, you know what I mean? Because two of those men that voted for the for that ban is guess who? Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh who were uh, accused for sexually, you know, assaulting people. So it, I'm not surprised that they voted yes on this, but um and uh yeah, so just to get off my soapbox, I I just feel like my whole fertility situation got overshadowed by this and I just felt suffocated energetically too. Like I just, I just have to get out of this country. I can't live here anymore. It's not feasible financially. And now they're trying to tell me what I can and can't do with my body. And I, and I'm in my reproductive years where I am trying to have a baby soon because I'm about to hit 40 this year. (laughs) That's why I froze my eggs, you know, because I want to plan for my future so like within two or three years when I do want to have a family, then I can do it and have peace of mind that whatever choice I make, the country's not going to try to prosecute me if something were to go wrong and I have to have some kind of DNC. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, it's just really scary the times that we're living in right now. And so that's what's also pushing me to you know, take charge of my own life and decide, you know what, I'm going to do what's best for me. And it starts with me leaving the United States. And so I forgot my train of thought where I was going with this, but okay. Yeah. So back to the flight, I finally was able to book the flight, the return flight as well. Right. In January, um, back to the United States And I booked it for Dallas because that's where my mom lives. And I figured maybe I'll just figure things out, you know, go back to the home hub (laughs) when I come back. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I, I just honestly don't know. It's up in the air. And so I, um, finally got to board the plane on Sunday. It left at the same time as the day before. And I got there early, boarded my flight on time. And, uh, oh yeah, and before I forget, I actually got to see my friend that lived in Houston. I went to go visit her that night because I needed to see a friendly face, especially after everything that I went through that day. And so I got to meet her daughter and I got to see her house that she recently bought a few months ago and it was just really nice and it was like a nice send-off in the midst of all this chaos I got to say goodbye to my friend and see her and her husband so um so she drove me to the airport Sunday morning and I just felt like okay this time things are gonna work out I'm going to finally board that plane. I have what I need in my hands. (laughs) And I'm 
finally gonna make it to Mexico, okay? <laughs> and so when I get to the immigration interview with the guys, whatever, that accept your passport and stamp it, I got a different guy. So that guy from yesterday or the day before wasn't there, thankfully, because I didn't want to see his face again. And so I get this other guy, this younger guy, and he asked me, how many days are you staying? I told him 180 days. And he was like, okay. And then he asked me, are you staying at an Airbnb or how are you handling where you're going to stay? And I told him, yeah, I'm staying at an Airbnb and I'm renting a condo for six months. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he stamps my passport. Didn't even ask me for a return flight. You guys, I almost died. And I still kept my passport hidden, you know, because, I don't know, I just didn't want to volunteer any information. <laughs> if he wasn't asking for it. But can you believe it? He did not ask me for a passport. I mean, a return flight. <laughs> he stamped my passport and he was like, welcome to Mexico. I was just like, what? Thanks. So I get my stuff and get my bags, go through customs. I did bring my tarot decks. It was a little embarrassing because I have a lot of a lot of tarot decks and they were asking me, what do you do with these? And I, I was like, I collect them because I do. I collect them. And, you know, a lot of them, they might think that you're trying to sell them, but I'm not. I told them, no, I'm a tarot reader and I, I collect them and I use them. That's what I do. It's my hobby. And then I found out I had to pay taxes on these tarot decks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm like, oh my God. And he just asked me like, how much did you pay for these? So I just gave him a gave him like a roundabout number because I don't have receipts. I mean, I told him I bought these like two years ago, you know, and that's another thing. So if you bring anything through customs that is merchandise other than like your basic necessities, they're going to want to see some kind of receipts or something, right? So I got lucky that he didn't ask me for a receipt because I don't have one. Um, and he just told me, okay, well, you just pay the, it's going to be about $70 for the taxes on these. And I was like, okay, oh man, I'm telling you, once I paid that, walked through those doors, made it to the main terminal. And I finally got to the open area where I could leave to be actually be in Mexico. I was in shock. I was like, oh my God, I made it. Just like my dream. And this is where I really want to um, end things to wrap that wrap this, wrap this up. Oh my gosh, I can't talk about how my dream tied into this. So I'll go into that next. Okay, I finally made it to Merida. And funny thing about my dream is that in the actual dream, remember I said I was jumping from one rock onto the pavement to make it to the mall and I literally couldn't see anything like I had to take literally a leap of faith that's what it was it was a leap of faith I didn't know how I was going to get there because I couldn't see and I made it and when I made it and I jumped 
And I literally said those words. I made it. When I had that dream, I had no idea what the heck was going on, right? And now that I went through this experience, this whole debacle, (laughs) this whole ordeal and shit show, it took me pretty much three times flying, trying to fly out on Friday, trying to fly out on Saturday, and finally flying out on Sunday. took me three times to finally make it to Merida. And what's also interesting about my dream is that I had three shooting stars in that dream. And I felt like that's significant, right? Because it took me literally three times to finally fly out to Merida. And good thing that I finally did make it on Sunday because I had to get back to work on Monday. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I work remote, thankfully, so I get to still keep my job and do that remote but like can you imagine trying to do this whole travel thing while trying to work no way I wouldn't have been able to do it so it was insanity to say the least but I'm really thankful and it made me even more grateful that I actually got to Mexico because for a moment there I really thought that I was going to have to turn around and not come back. And I literally got turned around when I went back to Houston. Um, so it was, it was a lot, you guys, I don't even know how I made it through. I mean, I know how I made it through It's my friends and family and the divine really opening doors. But I I mean, and like in that dream, I couldn't see anything. I didn't know how I was going to make it because I couldn't see, I couldn't see the, the goal like when you're on a race and you're trying to get to that finish line I couldn't see where the finish line was (laughs) you know and I'm a runner so that's what I think of when I think of a metaphor like that but I used to run cross country back in high school but anyways um but I like I literally couldn't figure out how I was gonna make it and you know what's interesting now that I'm talking about this is that the whole thing with the blockbuster is very key for me now looking back because I feel like spirit was showing me in my dream you're gonna have a huge block in the way a huge obstacle to overcome but you're gonna make it you're gonna burst through that bubble and you know bust that block (laughs) blockbuster you know what I mean and and it's interesting because even seeing it in Mexico, it seems so out of place, right? Because you would never think you would see a blockbuster in Mexico. Not really. I mean, those are things that are more American than anything, and you don't really see it in a foreign country. So to me, it was also significant of showing me that this is going to be a miracle but you're going to burst through that. You're going to break through that barrier. And you're going to have a hard time getting there. But you're going to be able to make it. And what's interesting before I <laughs> I even, there, there's been some signs I've been getting from my spirit baby, uh, my future baby. I'm not pregnant or anything, but you know what I'm saying? Like we have spirit babies that are connected to us. And this may seem out of 
the realm of possibility for some of you. But for those of you who are spiritual and you know they're spirit babies, you know, they exist. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> so if you don't believe in it, go with me here for a second, okay? But I've been getting signs from my spirit baby. And he's always been showing me a butterfly and blue and yellow colors intertwined in that particular thing so that's why I can tell those are my future son's I don't know favorite colors blue and yellow and right now when I was talking about the blockbuster in this podcast I realized guess what colors blockbuster is blue and yellow right (laughs) oh my gosh that's insane and then also one thing I didn't mention was that when I was on the plane back from Merida being sent back to Houston and I was crying. That lady was like, are you okay? Immediately when I'm crying, I I see the little TV in front of me with the recliner. You know how they have like these TVs you can watch commercials, whatever. And they showed a commercial of the Cinderella movie with Camila Cabello. And it shows up a, a butterfly, right? It shows up like a yellow butterfly comes down and it's the God fairy, right? And it's a, obviously the, guy, the gay guy, whatever. <laughs> and he's wearing this fabulous yellow bright mustard rhinestone like decked out suit or whatever slash dress whatever and then he you know does a little wand and he changes her outfit to baby blue so right in that screen you see yellow and blue together and I just thought that was interesting when I'm upset about something a lot of times when I see this and I'm upset my spirit baby immediately sends me these colors and the butterfly maybe not at the same time but in this particular moment when I was really upset it kind of gave me that sign like it's it's gonna be okay mom (laughs) it's gonna be okay like here's here's our sign you know or my sign that I'm here um you're gonna be fine um so I, I don't know it's just really special and I I feel this huge connection to my future baby and and it's just really beautiful I mean I never thought I never thought like the years that I've been around as an adult I would have that motherly gene where I want to have a baby and now it's like it's been hitting me in the face for the past year and a half (laughs) when he started sending me these signs that is making me want to be a mother, you know, and I never had that inkling where I want to have a baby. I was always like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to do that, you know, but I, I particularly got this sign earlier this year that he told me when I was doing one of my own readings that he was going to be conceived in June of this year. And that's interesting because literally when I started the fertility um, procedure, my first sonogram was on June 1st. And my procedure was um, on June 30th, or I can't remember. Let me look. It was on June 25th, literally the day after they did that abortion ban r- ridiculousness. Um and so 
he told me that he's going to be conceived in June. And I thought, well, maybe that's what it is, is that whenever I have this egg extracted out of my body, he's one of those eggs. And they were able to freeze out of my 13 eggs they took out um, that were mature. Not all of them were going to make it. And they told me 12 of them made it, except only one didn't make it. And I was shocked because, I, I mean, that's a good sign because normally you would get less than that, like maybe 10 or something like that. But the fact that all of them made it but one, I was like really happy, you know, because now I have 12 chances to have one baby. <laughs> or, you know, maybe I can have two. I don't know. But all that to say, my baby is one of those eggs. And he's back in Austin. Um, so yeah, um, I didn't mean this podcast to be this long, but your girl went through it. It was a lot. This is why I had to do a podcast because so much happened for me to try to make it from Texas to Mexico. <laughs> and so I feel at peace now. I feel really happy and grateful that I'm here. I'm still trying to figure out what my life is going to be going forward in this new chapter, but I'm really excited and I'm really hopeful and I just pray that the universe will send me the people that I'm supposed to meet here in you know Merida and that I can start working on more of my healing because Austin was a great city and everything, but it was also the city that... I got really heartbroken and you can't heal in the same place you got sick, you know? And so for me to be able to move out of that space, out of that negativity, especially with the whole, you know, women's rights being taken away, um, it was very pivotal for me to do this and get out of that negativity and be in a country where, I do have rights and I mean, it may not be the American way, but I'm willing to learn and get back to my authentic self. And I love being able to speak in Spanish again and talking to everybody in Spanish and they can tell I'm not from here because of my Puerto Rican accent, <laughs> but I already went to the beach last weekend and I got to get some sun and the, the seafood was amazing. The people here are so nice, you guys. It's just like a breath of fresh air. And it's funny because when I'm at work and I'm talking to Americans, <laughs> a lot of them are very rude. And I'm just kind of like, I did not miss that part of the U.S., you know. But it's nice. It's a nice change, you know, to be able to breathe again financially and I saw my new place this past weekend. They brought me new furniture, which I'll get into that whole thing on another podcast, but I can't wait to move in in August. I'm really excited. But yeah, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast and thanks for listening and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.